Well, daddy's home after to the day, one month of a vacation, two guest hosts. I mean, Theo's here, so, you know, he basically, you know, it's like uh, I let him stay and watch the place. And then, you know, I liked him so much. I let him come back and then, you know, I'll go away again. He'll come back. And speaking of comebacks. Ethan Rose is here. Who? Exactly. <laughs> I think my name is actually Andrew Brewer, for your information. I I knew you were coming back for this. I thought about it, like, all week, how I was going to say it. In, like, the picture or the thumbnail, I was going to put, like, the thing that the MLB's been using for, like, just, like, the stock picture. And I was just going to put the source. But secret's <laughs> out. And you know, yeah, I kind of wanted Andrew Brewer on here in disguise, but we'll take the real Ethan Rose. I was gonna wear a, like a sunglasses and mustache to really fool you guys, see if that would have worked. But, but as Theo and I are well aware, and I'm sure you listening, watching on the Sports Wave YouTube, you would know it was Ethan Rose. It'll come out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Truth always comes out. And it was a right. year ago. It was a year ago today that we, well, I, I don't know if it was today, but we started these March Madness Zoom meetings. And if there was any real fans out there, they would have figured it out. A fun fact: I actually just looked it up. I think it's next Monday. That was the first one. Whoa! Yeah, one year celebration. One year anniversary out. of some horrible takes. Please do not go back and watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder if anybody remembers that Mick Cronin one with like the witchcraft and all that that you thought he was getting into. Uh, he, he might still be getting into it. We'll see. All right, but let's break it down. As you can see from my background, I mean, you may be able to read them. I can't because it's like backwards, but you got all the teams, uh, I think. I don't know. But you I have a have... bracket. Yeah, I do have the official bracket here. I mean, where do we start? Gonzaga's going to lose. They're not going to win the whole thing. So let, let's not really press on them. But yeah, after that, let's just go nuts. Yeah, I mean, best week of the year. It's March Madness. If you're going to work on Thursday or Friday, you need to get a new job. Like you, that, Your boss is a, is a bad person. You should be at home on Thursday and Friday from around 11 a.m. Eastern time to around midnight Eastern time. And you should be spending those 13 hours watching college basketball like a red-blooded American. And if you are a part of those unlucky few who have to sit in school or watch it from work, hey, you're still doing the Lord's work from there. Get it. Watch those games. They're all going to be good. It's going to be a good 30 this year, especially with the amount of variability we've gotten in the regular season yeah the conference champion week really set the tone there were some great games i was watching in class jumping out of my seat a little bit with some late texas a&m threes in the sec tournament maybe causing a little bit too much noise getting some professors to look at me but this is march baby this is what we do so excited let's talk about i want to talk about firstly about the teams that missed it and the teams that got in in front of those. The big talking point, obviously, tonight, Texas A&M, missing the tournament. That, that was huge, and especially with the amount of, like, teams, the, the two teams that everybody's talking about that got over them are Notre Dame and Michigan, which is deservedly so, in my opinion. With you like Michigan? Uh, Michigan was the one team that actually, like, made me upset at, with the NCAA selection committee. I was upset with Michigan, but I was also upset with Notre Dame just because Texas A&M beat Notre Dame on a neutral court earlier in the season. And in my opinion, that just should, it should just give precedent over it. In my but, but how about the fact that Indiana just beat Michigan like a mere two days ago and, and they put Michigan on the 11 line and Indiana who beat Michigan and then beat Illinois the next night they're on the 12 line playing in to get into the tournament. It, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. That, that also is super annoying. And they're facing a really good Wyoming team as well, which mm -hmm. is just a 
terrible way to start your March Madness 2022. Uh, and Michigan gets kind of a gift. Like, not only are they in the tournament, not playing their way into the tournament, but they're matched up against Colorado State, who I would argue is one of the weaker six seeds. And I liked Colorado State all like- year. David Roddy, like, they're a veteran team. They made a run in the NIT last year. But just as a, I like them as an upset team, but now you're putting them on the sixth line, and now they're not in position to do that anymore. Like, now there's a target on their back. Yeah. You got the Michigan faithful after them. I like, I like Colorado State, too. Yeah, David Roddy, Isaiah Stevens, they have that amazing offense, amazing three-point offense. Defense is probably where they're going to slip up, especially against Hunter Dickinson. But going up against Michigan first round, I mean, they're going to be a super popular upset pick. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, at the end of the week when it shows which picks were the most popular for upsets, we see Michigan as one of the top ones, even though they barely got in. It seems yeah. like. The ESPN matchup predictor is even giving Michigan a 72% chance to win. Which I think is crazy. That's crazy, in my opinion. I don't know how they're that high, especially with how they finished the year. I mean, they had – their head coach suspended obviously but still it's i don't think that should give reason to why they sh- should get in at this point uh-huh and they just blew a huge lead too and like a a team a team that's blowing huge leads like there there's just clearly a problem there like that doesn't happen a good well functioning teams they don't blow 20 point leads in the Big 10 tournament and that that Indiana game what it ended on like a 40 to 9 Indiana run like the fact that Michigan's still capable of collapsing like that is a huge red flag. Yeah, it's a red flag. And again, Texas A&M, feel bit, so bad for them. It's mm-hmm. just going this great. They had the eight or nine game losing streak in the middle of the year. But then after that, going this great run to finish the year, seven and one, the only game they lost was the SEC championship against Tennessee. But beat... Alabama beat Auburn beat Arkansas and yet they're what they're the first four out it just and they have better metrics than almost against Notre Dame and and Michigan it's a little annoying to say the least let's say the least to bring up a point you two made Michigan I think I just read they're like the third ever team to get an at-large bid being like barely over 500. And on top of that, like the Juwan Howard, you know, punch, suspension, slap, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, it is odd that they would make it in. And what are they? In 11? Yeah. Yeah, they're 11. <clears throat> Facing Colorado State. Yeah, just, yeah, if I want to, if I want to put a team in on the bubble, I'm looking for a team with upside, a team that can make a run. And if you just compare Texas A&M and Michigan State about with who's more likely to make a run, it's clearly Texas A&M. Like they just won eight games in a row. They not beat two teams on a neutral court that are going to be top, that are top four seeds in this tournament. It, it just seems like a no brainer to me. And I, I don't think that's the way the NCA evaluates. Like they're looking at the full body of work. But I, I really, if, if it was up to me, I would be, my deal-breaking criteria would be, can this team win games in the tournament? And I think with Michigan, the answer is more no. Texas A&M, yes. Additionally, if we got Texas A&M in, there's a really good shot. They're going up against Texas in the first round, which would have been an awesome game to watch just as a fan and just for the drama as well for it. It would have been such a, like a, SEC versus a SEC team going to be. It would have been so much fun to watch Texas versus Texas A&M in the first round. Mm -hmm. I will tell you along those lines, though, we didn't get Texas versus Texas A&M. A matchup I love, though, we have Davidson versus Michigan State in that 7-10 line. Davidson's leading scorer, Foster Lawyer, averages 16 points a game this year. Michigan State transfer. So revenge game in the first round. Love that storyline. Of course, then the obvious one in the next round, if, I mean, this is if Michigan State wins, but you got Tom Izzo versus Coach K in the second round, if Michigan State's win and if Duke wins. 
And it could be the final game for Coach K if he loses, which would have been which would be a pretty fun storyline to go along with in the second round. But Davidson is a team not to be just looked over. I mean, their offense is insane. 11th ranked by Ken Palm. That's crazy, especially for like, if you're able to, it's the best teams right now are the ones that can get hot at the right times. And if Davidson can unlock that offensive firepower against Michigan State, it's going to be all over. And we're going to be seeing Duke versus Davidson in the second round. Well, I'm personally rooting for, uh, I want Coach K's career to end in the first round at the hands of Cal State Fullerton. That's the narrative that I'm rooting for. Will it happen? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Cal State Fullerton has CJ McCollum on their team like Lehigh did back in the day. But the fitting end that I want to Coach K's storybook career, last page, he loses to Cal State Fullerton, and he's never seen or heard from again. That would oh, be I'm awesome. Sure that would be again. awesome. I mean, after North Carolina, the the North Carolina speech to end the night, it was, that would be a, an amazing exit. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Yeah, it's got to end in some bad way because he's had all these big moments, like his last home game upstaged by North Carolina, his last chance in the ACC championship, they lose to this upstart Virginia Tech team. So just give me one, give me one last chance to laugh at Coach K and one last chance for Duke to get embarrassed on a national scale before Coach K retires and they hopefully disappear into oblivion. I mean, I feel like that's a good, I don't know, We'll get into who we think are going to win, but a lot of people, myself included, uh, you know, could call them a Duke supporter. I don't watch every game, you know, you just can't. Uh, but you know, I like last year, I actually had to think and like fill out a bracket rationally. I'm gonna pick Duke to win just because you know, I'm an idiot. Uh, but you know, you guys seem, I don't want to say optimistic. But you feel like this Coach K retirement tour could literally be over by next week. Yeah, I, act, I actually think there's a real possibility. That this Duke team is not playing their best basketball right now. And this is kind of what we've seen from Coach K. Like the last 12 years, this one and done era, they made one final four. They did win the national championship with Julio Okafor and Tyus Jones. But a lot of these Duke teams, I feel like they have just not peaked at the right times. Like the Zion Williamson, like RJ, RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish team, they came out like gangbusters. Like their first game, they put up like 115 points. They beat Kentucky by 30 points. And then you look up in March and somehow the version of the team that's coming into March is worse than the team that took the court in November. And when you have a young team and you have Coach K who's supposed to be the best coach, it kind of confuses me about why these teams are – are like starting out the season their first game they look great and then by the tournament they don't look as good it, it's just confusing to me and it was like the same thing this year like Paolo Bancaro uh, I was at the Champions Classic and I saw Paolo in person against Kentucky um, he, he looked like a man against boys like he looked like the best player on the court uh, in his like one of his first games and just since then we just haven't really seen him dominate like that and this Duke team there was at one point this year where they were the best team in the country. They were number one. And I don't think anyone would say that right now. And it's just confusing to me about why they keep peaking at the wrong time. Yeah, I have to go agree completely. We saw the 2015 Duke Tyus Jones team go all the way. But then as far as the rest of the 2010s, I mean, you had the 2010 team that won the tourney, but it just hasn't been there as far as like finishing off tournaments. The Zion Williamson, that was one of the biggest uh, hype teams of, I would say, the last 10 years. And they just fell short. I mean, they should have lost to UCF, and then they lost to Michigan State the next round. It's just been a little disappointing from a team that gets levied with such high expectations, but then falls short a little too much for comfort. I mean, again, the the NCAA tournament provides so many different storylines and so many different teams and players that come out of nowhere. But with Duke, you always kind of expect that they are there, at least at the end, to make a push for the championship. But 
just hasn't been there for the past couple of years, past couple of tournaments. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll, I'll say this, the brackets set up for us to get a Gonzaga and Duke rematch, uh, which is one of the best games of the season. I don't think we're getting it. Uh, it feels like that usually happens when we have these matchups that we hype up that we're looking to get in the elite eight and we almost never get them. And I think almost everyone's going to have Duke and Gonzaga in the lead eight in their bracket. I don't think it's going to happen. I think I, I trust Gonzaga more. So I'm more inclined to say it's going to be Duke. that's not going to hold up that end of the bargain, but I will go on record. We will not see that matchup in the lead eight. Who do you think is going to be there instead of Duke? Um, I, I really like what I've seen from Texas tech recently. Um, like they, they did, they didn't finish off the big 12 tournament, but they've been great all year, like one games away from home. Uh, and I kind of like their draw too, um, where they they'll play Montana state and then they should get Alabama, Notre Dame, or, uh, who, who's Rutgers. Who else is in the- it's a uh, Rutgers versus Notre Dame. And then for the play in, and then uh, Alabama versus that. So I think that's a pretty good draw for Texas Tech to get into the Sweet 16. Um, and if Texas Tech were to play Duke, I kind of think I would take Texas Tech. Uh, second defensive rating in the country. They're only giving up 88 points per 100 possessions. Um, Mark Adams is picked up right where Chris Beard left off. So I, I think that's the team that would take out Duke. I would have to agree. It's if. If it's on Texas Tech, I think Michigan State has the second best odds as far as taking out Duke. But I I would have to agree. I don't think that come, you know, uh, March 2nd that we're going to see a a Gonzaga-Duke Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. So I was talking to someone after the brackets came out, uh, and I said Arizona was one seed. And they were like, since when, you know, does Arizona have this kind of firepower? So, I mean, if people are saying that, admittedly, he doesn't watch any college basketball. Probably he'll watch, like, the championship game, and that's about it. But so is this Arizona team for real? Uh, This Arizona team's super interesting. Like, they're very international. I think they start five starters from five different countries. Like, you have Benedict Mathurin from Canada. They got those two brothers from Lithuania, which the two Bellis brothers, I won't try to pronounce the first names for the sake of the program. You have Christian Coloco from Cameroon, Umar Balo from Mali, and they even have Pell Larsen from Sweden. Like these are dudes that have, they're international guys that have been playing against high level competition for a long time. Like they're grown men. Um, they, They have a new coach, Tommy Lloyd, who comes from that Mark Few tree. So it's a great team. Um, Mark Few's gotten a lot of great teams into the tournament that haven't necessarily gotten the job done. So now Tommy Lloyd is his protege, and we'll see what he can do because he has a great team. Yeah, it's a team that kind of it kind of came out of nowhere as far as like projections and predictions for this year. I mean, like you said, Benedict Mathurin has played amazing this year for Arizona, and he's the unquestionable leader on that team as far as offensively and defensively. I mean, their strengths lie with their offense, even though it's going up against a Pac-12 conference that only sees, I mean, Oregon, Oregon has been good, but just didn't make it. But that only sees USC and UCLA. I mean, Arizona rolled through the Pac-12 in the regular season pretty easily. And I think that despite them being a, a little bit unknown, I mean, they have been ranked as a two seed a couple of times. I think that they're, they're a really good team and definitely a team to watch to come out of the uh, South, the South division. Mm-hmm. Those Sean Miller teams were never able to get it done though. Like I, it's been a while since Arizona made the final four and they were consistently a high seed, but I think you got to throw out the past narratives. Now, Sean Miller's out. It's Tommy Lloyd in, this is his first tournament, mm-hmm. get rid of the past narratives. And then th- this Arizona team will set precedent for a new narrative. Like if they lose in the first round or if they lose early, we can start making those judgments again. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll miss the sweat. Think that the last time that Arizona made the final four was 2001, despite the amount of like two, three seeded teams they've gotten. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little crazy. That It's been a really long time since we've seen any team from the West coast win. Um, yeah. But this year, the top two seeds are Arizona and Gonzaga. 
which I most people are going to pick that to be the title game. That's not where I would lean, but I hope for the sake of West Coast basketball, I could finally get one done this year. Just uh, imagine if you're TBS, you're trying to market that, and you're like, hey, Gonzaga, Arizona, Monday, April 4th at the Superdome. It's a, that's a tough sell. It's a really uh, tough sell. I, I don't know. I, I think if they make a run, like people haven't watched Gonzaga in a couple months because they're in the WCC. But if they make a run, I think people are going to fall in love with Chet Holmgren. I, 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 th- I think he'll, he'll be able to sell it just on his own if they're in the title game. It's always a problem for the Pac-12 to get, like, national relevance just because all of their games start at, like, 10 or 11 Eastern time. So I think always going into the tournament, it's a little sketchy, unless you have, like, a UCLA Lonzo Ball team that gets so much national attention. Mm-hmm. But – it's always a little sketchy going into the tournament with Pac-12 teams because nobody, the national audience really hasn't seen it that much. Yeah, I mean, the freaking Pac-12 network, you can't even watch these games. Like, Arizona was on upset alert against Stanford. Like, I I wanted to tune in. I couldn't figure out how to get the Pac-12 network on. Like, (laughs) It's the the way of the Pac-12. They need to figure that out. They need to get a a better system of getting their games out because it's it's really annoying. Mm Mm-hmm. And when, and when they do get them, I mean, Bill Walton is a treasure. Oh, yeah. So when, when they do get them on, it's a treat. But just more Bill Walton, put it more prominent. Let, let Bill Walton talk about the great conference of champions in front of a national <laughs> audience. So for each north, south, east, west, we're going to do one team that's upset watch, that's, you know, highly ranked. And then we'll do a team that low ranked that you think could represent them in the final four so you both agreed duke so what's the team that can make a big run that you know we're not expecting um what kind of seed are you looking for like if i if i say five seed uconn is that going to be too boring for you no i mean i imagine or i imagine if i'm listening to this and i hear number one arizona number two duke number three tennessee number two villanova and then you give me uconn in the final four that would surprise me Okay. I, I don't know about final four, but just looking at that bracket, if, if like, if I had to give you a lower seeded team, it would definitely be UConn. Um, we talk a lot about guard play in the NCAA tournament. It's very important. UConn has a backcourt. They have two senior guards, RJ Cole and Tyrese Martin. They combine for about 30 points a game. Um, they, they have a good big with Adama Sunogo who can grab some boards and interior presence. And I think that's kind of the formula you're looking for in the tournament. A dominant big, some good guard play. Like Andre Jackson's a, a pretty interesting player for them. Like seven points, seven rebounds, three assists. Kind of shows you he, he can do a little bit of everything. Maybe like a kind of like what Michael Meyer did for Baylor last year. So I, I like the, the makeup of, of this UConn team. A little bit of a tough draw if they have to see Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. But stuff happens. Like maybe they won't. Who doesn't love Dan Hurley as a, as a head coach? The, the dude's a national treasure as far as entertainment value goes. It's, it's, I would love to see Dan Hurley make it to, I mean, I, if he beats Gonzaga, UConn is already going to be prominent across the nation. But it's, I really hope that this UConn team with RJ Cole with Adama Sanogo can go far. They're a pretty well-rounded team, both on offense and defense. And with the Tyrese Martin potentially having a good performance or getting hot, especially from three, I think they have a really good shot of not just getting to Gonzaga, but also beating them. But that's also if Gonzaga isn't hot at the same time, which is a lot to ask. As we know, whether it be basketball, football, Baseball, all the sports that I talk about on here. I really don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Generally, you know, I can I can lead a conversation well. I can hit you with these tidbits, but I'm an idiot. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out Club Trillion, Mark Titus. Give me Ohio State in the Final Four. Could not name you one player from the team, but that's that's. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know uh, Ohio who Ohio State? State's playing in the first round, Stephen? Oh. T- I, Aunt Gene, Uncle, not Uncle Gene, Grandma Gene, whatever. No, 
No, Ohio that's State. A death sentence. Yeah. Nobody wants to see Loyola Chicago in the first round. No. Give me the it's Buckeyes. It's a terrible draw. Nobody wants to see them. No, give me the Buckeyes. You wow. know what? I'm not guaranteeing it. We're going to get into some guarantees a little bit later, but I strongly suggest Ohio in your final four. Okay. Wow. Wow, Steven. That's, that's bold. That's I'm going to head to Vegas right now. I, I, I want to see what odds you can get on Ohio State in the final four. All right. So while Theo works on his retirement plan, <laughs> let's hop down to this. This, uh, I don't know. Is this considered the West, Kansas? Plus I really should that's, that's put down four box. bucks and win a hundred. Yes. Yeah, so, or like, I, I don't know. What do they call? Like you said, this, the South. The, there's the, it's the West, East, South and Midwest. Oh, okay. So this is the Midwest sector. Yeah. That's the one with Baylor as the one seed or Kansas? Kansas. Kansas. Okay. I already know all like the real college basketball people. All the people like in the sports wave that really follow like the day-to-day college basketball can be like, why Steven here? Well, like, you know, I don't know. I did it. So whatever. Uh, all right. So you got like heavy hitters in this Kansas, Creighton, Iowa, LSU, Colgate. That was, that was a big, we talked about them a lot last year, right? As an upset team. Yeah, we did. We- USC, Auburn. Yeah. Well, Col- Colgate's metrics are so good. But then they show on the basketball court and it's all white guys that have no skill besides shooting. Um, they can't really dribble or anything. And we saw that last year. I mean, they could shoot the hell out of the ball, but Arkansas started pressing them and they didn't really know how to dribble and it ended up being a problem. They had a shot. I remember vividly how they, they were close, but just uh, didn't put it away. I'll, I'll give you an upset in that, in that bracket though. Um, and that's I, South Dakota State won 30 games this year. Um, Providence is the luckiest team in the nation. Uh, I think South Dakota State's going to take out the Big East regular season champs in the first round. I'll take you one further. I think South Dakota State is going to take out Iowa in the next round. Mm. Okay. I, I don't see Iowa as that. I see Iowa as a very lucky team as well. Just kind of falling their way into the Big Ten title conference title i don't think that when it comes to defense and then also what we saw last year using yep last year as evidence that they're really a tournament team i don't think they're a good tournament team Mm -hmm. yeah i think i was going to get a little overrated in people's brackets because of that big 10 tournament run but they they got pretty lucky with who they faced like they they faced northwestern Rutgers, Indiana, and like Purdue's a decent win, but um, I think people are going to think that they're they're the super hot team. But if you like, they struggled to beat Indiana, who's a decent team. But Indiana is also like a twelve seed in this tournament, and and I was playing a twelve seed in the first round. Like they, they could struggle with Richmond, and they could struggle with South Dakota State. Like it's totally conceivable. They also just got uh, just. I mean, Keegan Murray went off in the yeah. He's a beast. He's a easily one of the best players in the Big Ten and in the country. But is that translatable to the tournament? You know, we'll see. Uh huh. I mean, Jordan Bohannon's in his sixth year of college. Like that—that's the senior guard we're looking yeah. for to make a tournament run. They have the McCaffrey's, like good fundamental players. But it's just a tough draw. Like like that Richmond team's good, and and if they win, they're gonna have to play. South Dakota State, who's good, or Providence, who won one of the toughest leagues in the country. Yep. Wait, Providence? I thought, wait, isn't Providence in the Big East? Yeah, they won the Big East regular season. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. So, an interesting team in this. Interesting just because I feel like they are the epitome of whatever can go wrong does go wrong. That's Preston's Wisconsin Badgers, the three seed, facing off against the fighting toothpaste in Colgate, as we discussed a little bit earlier. So I want to pick Wisconsin just because, like, I really like the Badgers, but I'm aware enough that I know that they're not going to make it past, I don't know, the second round, just because that's how it goes with them. And I'm curious how you guys think about them. Oh, uh. 
I don't love Wisconsin. I mean, well, Johnny Davis is one of the best players in the country. Uh, Brad Davidson is one of the biggest pricks in the country, but th- that's kind of someone you you want on your team. Um, they, they've beaten some really good teams this year. They've also lost to Nebraska this year. So there's a, there's a wide range of outcomes. But a lot of the NCAA tournament is matchups. And I, I like their matchups at the beginning of the tournament. Like, I, I they should beat Colgate. And then that 6-11 game between Iowa State and LSU is, like, that has, like, one of the least substance of any of these games. Like, I don't believe in any of those teams. LSU just fired their coach, Will Wade. Iowa State started the year hot and then kind of just stumbled their way into the tournament because they started the year 12-0. and So Wisconsin should be in position to make the Sweet 16 at least. I would agree. The problem I have with Wisconsin is their depth. I mean, they're starting five of Johnny Davis, uh, Tyler Wall, Brad Davidson, Stephen Crowell, and Chucky Hepburn plays on plays on regular for they they usually go nearly all 40 minutes of a game and while you you see steven come out every once in a while it's just all go for those five players and i don't think it's too reasonable to like ask those players to do the same in a tournament i don't like their depth overall i think that they'll make it far i think they'll beat auburn in the uh the sweet 16 but i think if they need when it comes down to it and when those top guys get tired or if any of them get even get injured i think or foul trouble too foul, foul trouble is a huge thing yeah foul trouble it's i think they're going to be screwed a little bit just because of their depth and how much they rely on those top five players so you're not, you're not into Auburn making a deep run because I, I I still like them a lot. I I I think that's the game. That's the game that's giving me the most trouble. That it, the most likely uh, matchup that's giving me the most trouble right now is Auburn versus Wisconsin, because they're two nearly they're they're just different teams. Auburn is scrappy and can play flexible and Jabari Smith is a great pairing with Bruce Pearl where Wisconsin's a little bit more formulaic and they they run an offense that works to their that they tailor to they play sound defense they work on their fundamentals well it's I think it's going to be a very interesting game to watch if it comes down to it because they're two very different teams and both very good if they can unlock some of that potential I'll, I'll tell you what i think auburn's problem is and it's something that i think could be very fixable and it's the fact of the matter is that jabari smith is auburn's best player but katie johnson believes that katie johnson is auburn's best That's player yeah. um he like he killed them he shot 0 for 14 in the loss to a&m which he, he can't shoot that bad again so hopefully he got that out of the way but there's still been a couple times this year where Auburn's been down late and it's like give the ball to Jabari Smith Jabari Smith can create whatever shot he wants by shooting over people and for some reason Auburn's down and they need a bucket and it's like Katie Johnson like dribbling in circles and and getting nothing done so I think Bruce Pearl has one week tell Katie Johnson you're not our best player Jabari Smith is our best player and in fact Katie Johnson you're probably not our second or third best player because we have Wendell Green and Walker Kessler like just play your role like you, you can do some good things for us yeah you could you could you're good in your role but those yeah you're right those losses to arkansas and florida and then tennessee katie johnson it's like what are you doing mm-hmm. Barry smith is on your team but i don't know i still like him it's going to be an interesting uh matchup to say the least yeah jabari smith and walker kessler i how, how do you score on that it's just, just so much length inside all right give me the team that's a high seat on upset watch give me the team cinderella story if i have in the midwest if i have to pick a upset watch it would probably be providence like we've talked about and 
Cinderella story. Also, like we talked about, I would go with South Dakota State. Or maybe Creighton. I kind of like Creighton as well. I can I concur. All right. See, that's good. It's good to everyone have the same opinion, just so you know, we don't have to rub it in anyone's face that uh you know we got it wrong. All right, so we kind of talked about Gonzaga. So we'll go back to them. Oh, we also talked about Duke. All right, so let's go bottom left of bracket. Got Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue, Texas, UCLA, North Carolina, Marquette. A lot of this is a good, a good uh, sixteen teams. Yeah, I, I think this is the best quadrant for sure. And and it was the last one revealed. And I remember I was like thinking in my head like what teams are left, and it was a lot of good teams, and they're all in here. Like you have Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue, and UCLA, who. I could conceivably see all of those teams reaching the final four if they were all in different brackets, but of course they're all in the same bracket. Um, And you have Texas who has had so much talent and I've loved them all year and they kind of haven't figured it out, but they have the talent and those types of teams kind of have a way of figuring things out in March. Uh, Chris Beard is a phenomenal, phenomenal coach, but then they get Virginia tech in the first round who's coming off this crazy ACC tournament run, super hot from three. Like this this bracket really could go anyway. I think there's five teams I could see conceivably coming out of this region. Yeah, I would agree. Even like the, the little bit lower teams, you have like Murray State, which is a very interesting team. You have North Carolina, which is a very interesting team. You have like Akron and Yale. It's, it's in Virginia Tech, the ACC – a tournament winner it's a very good bracket and i would agree with you Theo. i think this is the best uh 16 teams the best region out of the four regions mm-hmm. so i'm a little worried about texas i i want to see somebody on that team just step up and take charge whether it be timmy allen whether it be Mar- marcus carr whether it be andrew jones i just want to see somebody step up to the plate and take over the team and kind of take leadership over the team. And we've seen flashes from Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, but it just hasn't been there the entire year. Have, we haven't seen that consistency. Uh huh. Yeah, we keep waiting for it to happen, and it hasn't. But maybe it'll kick in that, like, it's now or never, because if you lose, your season's over. And maybe that'll be something they can rally around and finally figure it out. Because it's a team of transfers, like, a, they, they guys, they cobble together. Um, but maybe they can – they're, they're now like, like, this is it. Like you, you just, it's, it's, it's do or die. Like you, you just have no choice, but to play together at this point. Thing is though, they're facing a good Virginia tech team, mm-hmm. which just what, which is very hot right now. Very hot. I mean, there was, there was some talk of them not even making the tournament, but now that they won the ACC, I mean, they're in and they're, I don't think they're here to lose. I mean, with Kyle Aluma, Justin Moltz, Mutz, whoops, I pronounced the name wrong. It's going to be a very tough team to beat, especially in round one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just based on the fact that they're an 11 seed, I don't think Virginia Tech gets in if they don't win the ACC tournament. Just based on the fact that they beat Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Duke in four days, and they're still an 11 seed, like they, they must have been out. So credit to them. They made a run, they stole a bid, and now they're in it. Unless I'm just deaf, I didn't hear any talk about Purdue, which I think is interesting because a lot of people like them more this year than last year. And I think, Ethan, you were not sold on them last year with Luca, right? Iowa, uh, that, not. yeah, that's Iowa, though, Stephen. Oh, yeah, Iowa. Luka Iowa Garza. had Luca Garza last year, and I was not sold on them. See, like, that's what I mean. I'm just like, I swear I, like, saw him in black and gold. I don't know. Somewhere in middle America. It's Big Ten, Indiana, Iowa. uh, Yeah, I'm going to let you guys talk because, okay, so I still thought, like, it was weird that you guys didn't bring up Purdue. No, I'll I'll talk about Purdue. Yeah, but, like, I just, I don't know. For some reason, I want to pick them. 
All right, well, I'll, I'll sell you on Purdue. They have, they have Jaden Ivey, who's a three-level scorer. He's probably going to be a top-five pick in the draft. So that that's one reason. A second reason is I don't know if you're familiar with him, but I think this is someone people will fall in love with in the tournament, and that's seven-foot-four Zach Eady, who is just an absolute monster. Like, he's just humongous. When he gets positioned in the post, it's over. He shoots 66% from the field. He's a beast. Travion Williams is back, who I was their best player last year. Um, he's a senior. Um, he's kind of taken a reduced role with the, with Ivy breaking out, but he's a deadly third option. So th- this Purdue team can they can get you in a lot of ways. Um, and like I said, I, they're a team that I probably would have picked to go to the Final Four if they were in another bracket. Yeah, one hundred percent. And coming off of their early like season performance where they beat North Carolina and Villanova in back-to-back games. I mean, they're, they were riding high at the beginning of the year and a little bit of some mid-season struggles against like Michigan State and Wisconsin, but their offense is no joke. Trevion Williams, Zach Eady, Jaden Ivey, great trio of player. And then you have Stefanovic as well to add to that. It's a very good offensive team as whether or not I think in my opinion, if is if their defense can hold up to the hold up to the rest of the competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about St. Mary's yet, who has beaten Gonzaga this year. Uh, like this, this region is crazy. Like we we have Kentucky still to discuss, and the defending national champs Baylor. Like, like it's it's really crazy how much talent they stacked into this region. It's. Yeah, it's the best region by far, in my opinion, as far as like seeding goes. It's it's crazy. You have North Carolina, who did, who went on a late season run. Baylor, defending champs, like you said, a whole new look, kind of a new look team, but still just so good. Scott Drew leading that. You have Kentucky. It's it's going to be a hard bracket to make it out of, and I think there's a good shot that whoever wins the bracket will in the national championship. I'm still surprised that Luca Garza went to Iowa. I don't I don't know like why I just I don't know. Crazy. All right, so I'll make a prediction here. I think San Francisco is going to go to the Sweet 16. Which really contradicts that I just said how I liked Purdue, but I don't know. That's my feeling. No, you so you think they'll beat Kentucky? Dude, okay. Last night, I don't remember where I was. So, <laughs> this isn't an excuse for my actions today. But uh, yeah, and I, I kind of dumb at reading and my printer didn't really work. Okay, so maybe not San Francisco, but I like them to win. So I'll say that's my upset team to be on the lookout for. Let's go Dons. Let's go Dons. Hey, they're, they're a new team. They're, they're a fun team. Why not? Why not? Why not Don's? Mm-hmm. Dude, and UCLA is in this in this bracket too, which we saw them make a crazy run in last year's tournament. And they basically have everybody back. I mean, they were kind of disappointing in the regular season, but like they're a team that I think could absolutely turn it on here. Like they have the talent and the basically the same team. Why couldn't they? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they? It's it's a crazy good bracket where literally every team has the necessary talent to make a run in the tournament. All right. Look at Murray State. I really, I really like Murray State, but then they're putting this into this one, and it's like, who knows? Yeah, Murray State went thirty and two, and they're probably like the eighth best team in this bracket. Yeah. So uh, it seems like this one will be pretty chalk. I don't know if you guys have any take of an upset that, you know, would surprise anyone. No, because I really like all these good teams, but I, I mean, that's March Madness. You think all these teams are good, and then some of them show you they're terrible. But um, Virginia Tech over Texas, that's not a crazy upset, but that's, that seems feasible. And um, I don't know, St. Mary's could get into a little trouble if they have to play Indiana. I think the the biggest or the most likely upset is going to be Virginia Tech versus Texas, just as far as 
who's hot right now. Um, but I think I think Purdue and Baylor are the two best teams in this region, in my opinion. Though Kentucky is still super good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kentucky's just so dependent on Oscar Shibwe, and that yeah. that kind of worried me in that Tennessee game. Is he was in foul trouble, and like when he was on the bench, they just could not get. They just could not figure anything out. Um, and they brought Kellen Grady over who averaged like 18 points a game at Davidson. And you'd think he could be a lead scorer, but he kind of only shoots threes. Like he he shoots like eight field goals a game and like six and a half of them are threes. So that's kind of all he's doing. Like Ty 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 Washington's pretty good, but he's also had some terrible games this year, which is not what you want. It's like a possibility of your lead guard putting up a stinker. So I, I don't know how I feel about Kentucky. I I think they're good. I don't know about Final Four good. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, if out of the two seeds, and this is not this is more of a talent level thing, out of all the two seeds, I think Kentucky has the hardest road to get to the Final Four. And I don't know if they can rely on Oscar to make it all the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky-Murray State would be a pretty, pretty good uh, second-round matchup. Uh, in-state rivalry, two teams from Kentucky, uh, well, one with a little bit bigger of a fan base yeah. than the other, but those matchups are always interesting. Uh, it would be very interesting, especially with uh, with watching like the – yeah, it would be a great matchup. I would really pay to see that matchup. Not to go against what you said, Stephen, and your San Francisco. Oh team, yeah, I but... forgot the Dons are winning. Yeah, no, I mean it's it. fine. Contradiction, and if you're not a, if you don't think you're a hypocrite, you are a hypocrite. So I, I understand. And hey, it's good. For, it's good for ratings. You know, potential tension in the group when we talk Friday night. All right, so we talked about Duke already. We talked about Gonzaga and how I don't believe in them, but as we have found out. Maybe I'm not the best. Did I like picked Ohio State to go to the Final Four? So you know, I don't know. All right, what like? I feel like there's some good teams. We even talked about UConn too. There's like some good teams, some bad teams. This one I feel like is just the opposite of. It's still the same skill level, but I feel like this one a lot of mayhem could happen. I would agree. I think there's a good, a really good chance for me, especially if we just compare it to the regular season where we had so many like AP changes, so many crazy days of basketball where like just numerous top 10 AP top 10 teams went down. There was that day, like eight top 10 teams lost. Yeah. it, It was crazy. And I think that the tournament this year can really reflect that craziness in the regular season. It's, um, I know we kind of, it feels like we say this every year, but this year it just, it feels like a little more mayhem could occur. And there's just always that slight weakness with every team. I mean, Gonzaga, they had their early season troubles and then they went into the WCC and then they started to find everything. But it's like, how good are they really? How good are they against actual opponents? And not just, I mean, it was a good, it was a good conference this year, but who knows? I think that goes, for a lot of teams, how good are they really? And I think it's going to be so much fun to watch this year. Yeah. I Like, this one, I keep looking at it, and I'm remembering what you guys said a little bit before. Literally, I look at this right now, and I'm like, hey, why not Vermont? But I also like Arkansas, so... This one, I feel like it'll be a lot of pencil someone in, scratch them off, and just like that, filling this thing out. Okay, I have a question for you guys. Who is your player to watch for this tournament? Can't miss player. You got to watch him for this tournament. Um, all right, I'll, I'll throw a mid-major guy out. It's, it's Jordan Walker at UAB, who averages 20 points a game. Had a really impressive run in the CUSA tournament. And I, I, I always like those – mid-major guards that score a lot um and i think he has the potential to lead uab 
uh, onto, into like a sweet 16 or elite eight type of run. So that's someone I definitely want to watch. And I think everyone else should be paying attention to as well. I'm going to kind of take the easy way out. I'm going to go with somebody who's probably going to be, I don't know, top three pick. Theo said he saw him in person this year. I'm going to go with Paolo. I just want to see, you know, every game at Duke is a big game, blah, blah, blah. But these are the big games. You want to see how they perform. And like you guys said, Duke has had so much disappointment in especially recent memory. And when they had one of the best college basketball teams ever assembled, that was Mm -hmm. a disappointment. This obviously they don't have the talent, but, you know, let's see what he can do if he is really going to be a top two pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing, uh, like a narrative for this tournament, too, is we've had like the top freshmen in past years. It's been like Anthony Edwards, Markel Fultz, like not really tournament guys here. We have Jamar, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren and Paolo. Those are probably your top three picks in some type of order. And all three of those teams have been ranked number one at some point this year. What they're all top two seeds. So you have top freshmen that are like on teams with a legitimate chance to win the national title. And we've seen some guys come up a little short. Like last year, the bracket kind of opened up for Cade in Oklahoma State, and he kind of just wasn't ready, lost to Oregon State. So it's kind of tough because it's usually senior guards that are leading teams in the tournament. But every once in a while, there's a, there's a freshman that's just special and can just carry his team. I think that like Jalen Suggs was kind of like that last year. Um, I'm interested to see is Javari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Palo. Can one of those guys do that? Yeah, who's going to be the star of this year's tournament? You had Tyus was a star. We kind of talked about that 2015 Duke team. We had last year, we had Jalen Suggs kind of take over the tournament. It's going to be who is that star? And then going on, I kind of want to go opposite of what, of UAB to uh, Houston and talk about Kyler Edwards, who has been lighting up the box score lately and has been a fantastic player. Houston I'm kind of excited to watch him play I, I really enjoy his kind of his tenacity and his almost like willingness to just dive everywhere for balls I I'm excited to watch him all right let's totally switch gears Thursday we have 16 set Thursday Friday 16 each Saturday Sunday eight each so what is, like Theo said before, 11 a.m. to about 1230 Eastern? What, like, what I'm going to do, right? I'm going to wake up. You have to, like, have to hydrate. Even though you're not playing in it, you have to be hydrated because that is as much of a toll as this takes on the players and their bodies. If you're going to watch college basketball for 13 hours, what that does to your mental health, your physical health, just like you feel like you've been through something at the end of it. So you have to hydrate. You have to eat during those first games, right? You can't do this a little bit here, a little bit there. No, you have to eat during the first game. Now here's where I'm going to get a little out there. You do not eat until about six o'clock. I'm sure you can stack and whatever, but do not like eat a meal or a, like, you know, a, a, a hearty snack in between them. And then, you know, when you get into those late games, those, those 10 o'clock tips, those teams that, you know, I don't know when they're going to play, but if you're going to watch like Montana State, all bets are off. Just hydrate throughout the day. Get a sports drink in you. Uh, yeah. I also like switching rooms when I watch. Obviously, during non-opportune times, like I'll go in the living room for half and then I'll come in my room for like the other half. And that's the best way. It's always a struggle too to try to set up as many screens as you possibly can because you get like sometimes two, three, four games going at once. So you, you got the TV and then you got to utilize the laptop and then you get you get a game on the phone. And then sometimes there's a fourth game. You got to like maybe resort to a tablet. It's just doing whatever you can to make sure that you can consume every second of college basketball. Oh, Gary Sanchez is on the Twins now. Not that this is, you know, about baseball, but uh, I I personally love the uh, I don't know if you guys have this because you're both from the East. Well, of course you guys. It's a 
the Buffalo, New York thing, but Buffalo Wild Wings has half-priced wings on Thursdays. And with the first couple games on Thursday, I am definitely going to order some Buffalo Wild Wings to savor me over and get me through the day. Oh, and if this... Can we get sponsored? Can can we get a promo code, Buffalo Wild Wings, please? I hope that this hard-hitting analysis has led you to this point. Because this is the most important thing you will hear. Do not go to Buffalo Wild Wings on Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday. If you are not there like four hours before they open, you will wait eight hours, miss every game and eat like a cold wing. Do not go there. Ethan had the right idea. Order it, get it delivered, pick it up before the games, but do not. And don't sit there like I don't want to watch four games at one time with 95 people. I do not know, you know. And I want to be in like the comfort of my own things. I want to like l- like lay on the couch or sit in a chair. I don't want to be in a public place, especially during March Madness. Exactly. Order. You got to order them. Got to order them ahead. Don't. Mm-hmm. You can't go to the restaurant to get your Buffalo Wild Wings. You got to mm-hmm. order ahead. That way you're not. I mean, it's kind of fun to watch it in a cheering restaurant, but at the same time, why not just watch it with friends, like at home, or mm-hmm. even better yet, just. Watch the game. Oh, oh, oh. Then you have to hear about random people's brackets and, like, who really cares about that. Yeah. Also, if you're in your group chat, as I'm sure, like, almost all of us, especially if you're watching, listening to this, if you're talking about a game, like, early, tell them what channel it's on. We don't want to be wasting time being like, oh, is it on True TV or TBS or TNT? Like, just tell them, you know, Duke, Cal State, Fullerton, close CBS. Like, okay, thank you. I really appreciate that. And like, find out what channel True TV is like tonight, tomorrow. Yeah, that, that's always a rule of thumb. Yeah. You like, write, write that shit down on your hand, man. Don't, do not wait. Uh, is there any other, is there any other things that like you need to know just to watch? Gotta, gotta time your bathroom breaks at the right time. Gotta get those bathroom breaks in early. Yeah, but now with phones, it's it's a lot better. Yeah, you just bring you just bring the game right right with you. Yeah, no problem. And you just pray that you don't drop that thing in the toilet or accidentally pee on it. You, do they do give you a little bit of a break from like, well, well from from where I'm at, from three thirty to five fifty. So as far as yeah, because they end uh, here. It's yeah, it's like four to six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it dies down a little bit and then just picks up again at night. All right, so just to recap, stay hydrated because when the three of us talk again on Friday night, that'll be after, in 48 hours, over one full day of it spent watching basketball. So we Mm -hmm. will be hydrated. My Uh, bracket will still be perfect. We won't be totally, like, bloated. Probably heartburn, but not like, you know, I need to throw up because I ate so much. All right, now, before I let you two go, Let's get back to what actually matters. I'm going to let you talk about your final four and who's going to win. But a popular bet, whatever, especially like when you're uh, some tiebreakers for some websites. So give me the combined number from seeds in your final four. I'll let you guys. I don't even know if you have a final four yet. But Mine I'm is just going. Mine is nine. Okay. Ooh, mine or no, is, it's ten. It's ten. Mine is eight. So I'm a little more chalk, but I think that's going to change a little bit as the week goes along. At the moment, it is eight. So I'm just going to go price. Oh no, because then I can't go over. I'm going. I'm going to go. That's actually definitely going to change. It's right 13. now eight, but it's going to change. Because I I haven't really looked. Totally, but I'm going to say 13 right now. I, I will change this 10 times before Thursday. But right now, I have Gonzaga, UCLA, Tennessee, and Auburn. Right now, I have Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona, and Wisconsin. I'm going to go Duke, UCLA, Kansas, Ohio State. 
That's yeah. probably over the 13 I said because three of them was 13, but you know. I still I still don't know why you're why Ohio State is the pick here, Steven. That is that is we're gonna call them the Todd. They're the team of destiny. Oh, I actually forgot. All right, enough about me and my stupid things. What I've like always wanted to do, but I've never done. Sometimes we guarantee things and then I don't write them down, so then I can't press people. I want all three of us give a guarantee. I'm gonna write it down, then we're gonna see if it comes to fruition. It can be about one game, one player, one whatever, the whole tournament. I don't care. But give me a guarantee. Okay, I um all right, I have a guarantee. And an SEC team will make the final four. Out of Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky, I think one of them gets it done. I don't know if that's an extreme hot take, but none of them are one seed, so I, I feel good enough putting that out there. Um, staying along conference lines, I think only, I think only two out of the is it eight Big Ten teams? Only two out of the eight Big Ten teams will reach the Sweet 16. I like that. Two out of the eight Big Ten make Sweet 16. So for Duke, is it like a disappointment if they don't win? Or like if they make it to like the Final Four and then they lose like, you know. For Duke? Yeah. It's, it's always it's, a disappointment. I, it's a disappointment, win. but I think this year is more of a disappointment than other years, in my opinion. Coach K's last year, they got to go far. This is got to go out on a bang. And if if they lose again, even to like Michigan State, which be which would be super embarrassing, but super funny at the same time, it's uh, it's gonna be pretty tough. All right. Well, then I am guaranteeing the Duke <laughs> Blue Devils will not be a disappointment this year. Writing it down, Duke won't disappoint. Love the hat, Steven. Where'd you get it? I actually, okay, so uh, when I was, I, I, what was that year that they lost as like the two seed on like the first Friday? It's true. They lost to Lehigh once and they lost to Mercer that other time. And that Mercer kid hit the Dougie all over them. Whatever the more recent one was. That, that, would, that would have been Mercer. Team. Yeah, that was the Jabari Parker team. Yeah, yeah. I literally cried. <laughs> I don't know how old I was, but I literally cried. Um, but this hat, I used to, when I was a kid, deliver newspapers. And part of their recruiting, or not, uh, every time you got somebody to sign up, during the month of March, they did like this March Madness thing. And um, basically, like, you got either money or like clothes from one of the teams and you know duke fan and i got enough people so uh, i got you were involved in a pyramid scheme it was a coach k recruiting scandal you paid for zion williamson to go to duke i know you did so i basically got this hat and a pair of shorts <laughs> that i will wear while they play and then hopefully get to wear it april 4th watch them in the national championship steven's just deflecting the uh accusations and the it's all legal now so, I mean, whatever. Pass. pass. True. True. Can't, can't find him now. It's all legal. And he's leaving anyways. What are they going to do? I don't know. You thought you were delivering newspapers, but you were actually getting Mama Williamson a new house. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the way from New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, hey, every little bit counts. Um, so, Theo might be back. Just to talk a little NBA. Oh, also, Tom Brady, living piece of garbage. I can't believe he's back. I'm also surprised they waited this long to bring it up. And please, nobody answer that. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, but, yeah, maybe he'll round up some of the gang. We'll talk about some NBA, some NFL. And then the three of us will be back. I don't know. We'll record a Friday night. I don't know if I'll release it like Saturday morning or Friday night right after. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's hectic because it goes right from round of 64 to round of 32 with kind of no time in between. But yeah. We can so we saw by by 
tip off Saturday of the round of 32, you will know our thoughts about round one. Um, then Sunday night, we will record after that when we know the Sweet 16. And that'll be out next Monday morning. And, you know, when we get closer, we'll spill the beans on everything else. But yeah, so you'll be hearing from the three of us a lot, Theo even more. Um, anything well, I missed? Follow along on the sports way for the entire tournament. Uh, I think we're going to be dropping some NCAA a group to join and also just highlights and whatnot on the page. So make sure you're following along to get all that information. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't wait to, Company man. <laughs> to talk about who's beating me in the bracket challenge. Like, again, I don't remember who won last year, but it doesn't matter because it wasn't me. So. Exactly. Whoever wins, if it does, if it's not you, whoever wins your bracket doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. So that's Theo. That's Ethan. I'm just some guy. Uh, no, yeah, you're we'll, a piece of shit, Duke fan. Hey, I mean, I wish Grayson Allen was still there, man. <laughs> I ordered a jersey of his, and then it never came. That kind of makes a lot of sense, though, knowing Grayson. Uh, I right. my caution Grayson Allen present tripping hazard t-shirt to wear on the pod, but got lost somewhere along the way. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that's enough Duke talk for tonight. All right. We will see you guys sometime later on this week and we're out.